It was so quiet, one of the killers would later say, you could almost hear the sound of ice rattling in cocktail shakers in the homes way down the canyon. The canyons above Hollywood and Beverly Hills play tricks with sounds. A noise clearly audible a mile away may be indistinguishable at a few hundred feet. It was hot that night, but not as hot as the night before when the temperature hadn't dropped below 92 degrees. The three-day heat wave had begun to break a couple of hours before, about 10 p.m. on Friday. To the psychological, as well as the physical relief of those Angelinos who recalled that on such a night just four years ago, Watts had exploded in violence. Though the coastal fog was now rolling in from the Pacific Ocean, Los Angeles itself remained hot and muggy, sweltering in its own emissions. But here, high above most of the city, and usually even above the smog, it was at least ten degrees cooler. Still, it remained warm enough so that many residents of the area slept with their windows open in hopes of catching a vagrant breeze. All things considered, it's surprising that more people didn't hear something. But then it was late, just after midnight, and 10,050 Cielo Drive was secluded, being secluded, it was also vulnerable. Cielo Drive is a narrow street that abruptly winds upward from Benedict Canyon Road. One of its cul-de-sacs, easily missed, though directly opposite Bella Drive, comes to a dead end at the high gate of 10,050. Looking through the gate, you could see neither the main residence nor the guest house some distance beyond it but you could see toward the end of the paved parking area, a corner of the garage, and a little farther on, a split-rail fence which, though it was only August, was strung with Christmas tree lights. The lights, which could be seen most of the way from the Sunset Strip, had been put up by actress Candace Bergen when she was living with the previous tenant of 10,050 Cielo Drive, TV and record producer Terry Melcher. When Melcher, the son of Doris Day, moved to his mother's beach house in Malibu, the new tenants left the lights up. They were on this night, as they were every night, adding a year-round holiday touch to Benedict Canyon. From the front door of the main house to the gate was over a hundred feet. From the gate to the nearest neighbor on Cielo, 10,070, was almost a hundred yards. At 10,070 Cielo, Mr. and Mrs. Seymour Cott had already gone to bed, their dinner guests having left about midnight, when Mrs. Cott heard, in close sequence, what sounded like three or four gunshots. They seemed to have come from the direction of the gate of 10,050. She did not check the time, but later guessed it to be between 12.30 and 1 a.m. Hearing nothing further, Mrs. Cott went to sleep. About three-quarters of a mile directly south and downhill from 10,050 Cielo Drive, Tim Ireland was one of five counselors supervising an overnight campout for some thirty-five children at the Westlake School for Girls. The other counselors had gone to sleep, but Ireland had volunteered to stay up through the night. At approximately 12.40 a.m., he heard from what seemed a long distance away to the north or northeast a solitary male voice. The man was screaming, Oh God, no, please don't. Oh God, no, don't, don't, don't. The scream lasted ten to fifteen seconds, then stopped, the abrupt silence almost as chilling as the cry itself. 
Ireland quickly checked the camp, but all the children were asleep. He awoke his supervisor, Rich Sparks, who had bedded down inside the school, and telling him what he had heard, got his permission to drive around the area to see if anyone needed help. Ireland took a circuitous route from North Faring Road, where the school was located, south on Benedict Canyon Road to Sunset Boulevard, west to Beverly Glen, and northward back to the school. He observed nothing unusual, though he did hear a number of dogs barking.